This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Shalom and welcome to Practical Spirituality with uh, Rabbi Yom Tov. Today we're going to gonna be we're going to be discussing uh, the Machsor, um, which is the uh, this amazing amazing uh, book that we have that was given to us, uh, I've got mine right here, it was given to us by the men of the Great Assembly, who were 120 men, who knew all of Torah, were great, you know, uh, great, great human beings, and they were, they were also, um, three of the 120 of them, were the last three prophets that lived on earth. So the people who made this are heavy duty. And they knew what they were doing. They were writing it during the second temple. And it was clear during the second temple that it wasn't going to last and that we were going to be going into a pretty serious exile because the writing was on the wall during the second temple, that it wasn't going to be a, you know, a real, uh, you know, enduring situation. And so they made, uh, they made the prayer book, the Jewish prayer book, and the prayers throughout the year, so that instead of the temple service, we would be, uh, Jews throughout history would be involved in this. Now, Rosh Hashanah is amazing for people who aren't into prayer. Although, it's kind of funny that the people who aren't into prayer dread Rosh Hashanah. Meaning, if someone's really into prayer, they're like, oh, I can't wait for Rosh Hashanah. Two whole days in the synagogue, you know, this is going to be great. But the truth is, there's not a lot about you in this book. I mean, this is a big book, and we do it twice. One the fir- once the first day, once the second day. I mean, how long would it take you to read a book that thick? <laughs> you know, it takes some time. So... It turns out that Rosh Hashanah is really good for the philosophical types who are interested in the nature of meaning, the nature of reality, the nature of, of um, you know, the purpose for creation, the purpose for humanity, the relation, our relationship with God. Um, prayer is, meaning how people look at prayer, which is request, you know, supplication, not really going on much in here. What we're, what's really going on in this book is is asking God to to give us a connection to Him, <laughs> like like that. It's all about, and not so much that even. It's it's that we are connected to reality. That's what this book's about. That we're connected to reality. So you call that a prayer? God, please connect me to reality. No, you look in the book and you get connected to reality throughout the day. Now, someone who's into prayer can do both. They can connect to this book called the Mahsar, connect to reality, and they can pray. But there's nothing even in here in first person. Everything's plural in here. Our Father, our King, help us. Meaning you're not even praying for yourself throughout throughout your experience of the Mahsar. It has nothing to do with you, really. This is not... This is not it's not about you, this book. This is, you're coming in in your generic form, meaning you're, you're wearing your, if you're wearing a talus, that's your, that's your barcode.
okay, for for saying certain words that draw kingship into the world, that God is the king of the universe. That's what we're doing here. And 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 what's the big issue with God being king and us not really getting that? Is that meaning meaning what's the big point of it? Is that we do get it. You know, there's an amazing mushal, an amazing story of a king who always wanted to a king who always wanted to go to one of his own parties, but not as the king. He wanted to see what it's like to be at his party. And happened to be flanked by my daughters right now, so I'm also talking to them. Anyway, there was a king there, and he, um, or there was a king who got himself, like, they brought up makeup artists and, like, made up the king like a regular citizen and gave him, like, gruffy clothes that, you know, would be, that would, like, help him fit in into the uh, crowd, you know. And, um, and they, and the king had, you know, they gave him a funky hat to wear. So you could not tell this was the king. There was no way to know this was the king. And they, and the king went out into the party, and he's so excited. He's going to his own party. Finally get to go to my own party. So he figures, yeah, might as well get some wine. So he goes to the bar and to get some wine. And all the people at the bar are laughing and making much of noise. And what does he find? He finds a, a particularly drunk man who's telling all the jokes and getting everyone laughing at the at the bar, and and what are the jokes all about? Guess what? Guess, guess what? Guess who, who the jokes are about? The um, the the king goes to the bar to get a wine, finds everyone laughing, and some guys telling jokes. Turns out, guess who the drunk guy is telling jokes about? The king. Yeah, the king. So the drunk guy is telling jokes about the king, and the king's like shocked. He just was not expecting that he was going to be the punchline of these jokes. And each joke starts with, the king is such a fool that, and then he tells the joke. And then the king is such a fool that, and tells the next joke. And and after a while, he's got his arm around the king, because the guy's pretty drunk. He's got his arm around the king, and he keeps looking over at the king, saying, listen to this one. The king is such a fool that... (laughs) The king's like, this guy... This guy this is going to be off with his head when this party's over. But he does want to blow his cover. So he decides, you know what, I can't take any more of this, these, these embarrassments, you know, this humiliation. So, so he decides to go over to the hors d'oeuvre, um, you know, the hors d'oeuvre table, get something to eat. When he gets to the hors d'oeuvre table, he... He finds a, a guy there who's just taking whole trays of adurves and, and sliding them into the pocket inside his robe. And, and the silver, sterling silver spoon that he was supposed to be serving with goes into his pocket as well. The king says to him, I mean, uh, I don't think these hors d'oeuvres were set up for this. And he's like, nah, the king's an idiot. <laughs> you know, like, he's not going to notice. He's a king. You know, like, what do you want? He's a king. He doesn't see. The king, uh, king's not going to notice. And then uh, he's like, yeah, but the silver spoon's also in your pocket. He's like, so the king will get another silver spoon. You know, like, how's the king going to know that I stole this? And anyway, the king is just like, oh my gosh, off with his head too. And 
and he's like going around the party everywhere he goes it's just like people are just like not at all interested in him whatsoever people are just busy enjoying the party and taking advantage and anyway in the end uh, one of his uh, one of his people one of the king's uh, assistants comes up to him and says whispers in his ear he's like king you it's time to greet your guests so you got to come backstage so we can take you out of all this makeup and all this outfit and everything and he brings him out back up to the uh, you know, to where he walks in through these big arches and there's trumpet players. All rise for the entrance of the king. They all walk in and then they all fall flat on their faces to bow before the king. And then guess who gets up? One guy gets up on one knee and says, long live the king. It's the guy by the bar, the drunk guy who's been... And everyone yells, long live the king. Now, we've been living inside the king's mansion all these years. And we're always at the king's party. And the king's here. That's the point. The king's at the party. And given that the king's at the party, so we've got to... Our chance now is to become cognizant of the king, to realize we're at the king's party, we're at the king's feast. And that's Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is finally coming to greet the king, to be with the king in his palace. And, and we have this machzor to get us there. Uh, the other thing about it is it's quite messianic and... Uh, the, meaning the Moxer is quite messianic. It's, it's talking constantly about a future perfect world, a perfected reality. So it's about the king, and it's about a perfected reality. But, but that also makes sense, though, because if you live with full king cognizance, if you're in full cognizance of God as king, so then you're in a perfected reality. So, so it's very messianic. So the two major themes are God being king, and the messianic reality of, of uh, you know, the, the point of it all. My wife says she has a messianic reality in the kitchen. Okay. So, um, so anyway, we go into... Uh, it's a regular yontiv davening. You say baruch you say kriya shema, um, blessings of shema, like any other Shabbos or e- any evening. And uh, and th- but then we go into Shmona Esrei. And when we go into Shmona Esrei, we the first paragraphs as usual, but we insert the word melech. Um, well, not the word melech, but the uh, we insert the the words. Remember us for life, O King who desires life. Now we're asking God. We're going to mention life. Now, considering the social media, praying for my uh, my leg, but Yom Tov Chaim. 
So, so we say Chaim a lot, and we're asking for life, but what does it mean life? What, do we, what does it mean we're asking for life? What it means is you're not asking for another year that your heart beat, or another year of sandwiches, or another year of going to the bathroom effectively for a year. That's not what we're asking for. When we're asking for life, we're asking for true life. Meaning we're asking for a life that's totally connected to truth, to meaning, to reality. Like we're asking for powerful life. And that's what I'm doing right now. In uh, For anyone who'd like to join, you can go on my website, uh, rabbiyomtov.com, and join Sunday's Live with Rabbi Yomtov. We're going into the, we're doing a four, um, what I do is uh, four sessions per month. And right now, we, we just did session one Sunday. You can get the recording, and then we're doing three more on how to actually become totally one with yourself, with others, and with God. And so, highly worth joining that. And it's an ongoing subscription. We're going to keep it up into the winter. Now, um, anyway, we're saying, Zachreinu l'chaim. God who desires life, meaning you only created us to live true lives, to live real lives. So remember us for that. And the Kasvenu was Sefer Achayim, put us into the Book of Life. So now we're, first time we're mentioning the famous Book of Life, that we're being asked to be inscribed in the Book of Life. And, and the... And that book of life is that we should be written in on Rosh Hashanah. That's why we say Kativa or Chasiva, and then Chasima, and sealed, which is Yom Kippur, is when the book of life is sealed. It's funny, my family's passing notes now, and now I know what it feels like to be a teacher watching kids pass notes. It is so rude. (laughs) Do you guys pass notes in school? Of course. Seriously? Why not? Did the teacher ever see it? Of course, every time. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It makes you feel so small. Like, they just want to pass notes. She left, because then she could stay quiet for a few minutes and no one even realized. Okay. No, if your students on the screen start passing notes, then you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my students are passing notes all the time. We have Shalom, glad to see you, from Judy. Likewise, Judy. We have greetings from Las Vegas, from David. We got uh, Shalom from Kevin. Hey, they're passing notes in the middle of my class. See? Now, <laughs> it's, better, it's better than passing out. <laughs> it's a good way to stay awake during class. Anyway, the, um, anyway, but we're asking now to be inscribed into the Book of Life and also to be obviously sealed into the Book of Life, which is the goal. And um, and as it's said that the the evil people are sealed into the book of death, and the righteous are sealed into the book of life, and the hey Luke, and the um, Luke from Mississippi, nice, and the and then the but all the other people who are not totally righteous or not totally evil, but all the other people are inscribed into this into the, meaning all the middle ground people are written into the Book of Life. And then they have 10 days or, you know, from the day day Rosh Hashanah starts until Yom Kippur to get sealed into the Book of Life in the end. But what do we say? That you should write us into the Book of Life. 
In honor, in, for your sake, meaning, I'm not, as I said before, I'm not looking for, hey David Cohen, Yun Svat, I'm not looking for, um, I'm not looking for a, a, um, for my life, I'm looking for a life with God, in order to be, in, in, put me in the book, inscribe me in the book of life, so I can be connected to you, so I can be in your life. Like I want to be part of God, God's life. And what kind of life is he called? Elohim Chaim. What does it mean, Elohim Chaim? It means the living God, as opposed to what, the dead God? Like, what, what is that supposed to mean, the living God? So the answer is, is that when you're connected to God, you're alive, period. When you're When you're seeking, when you're beseeching, when you're studying his mind, which is called Torah, anytime you're involved with God, you're really involved with life. Eitz, when you're studying Torah, it's Chaim He Lamachasikim. That it's the it's the 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 tree of life. And God is the God of life. And it's specifically here Elohim Chaim. The name Elohim represents is how God is infused into the physical world because this world's this digital simulation and God is infused inside of all of the vibrations, all the frequencies of this world. But he's the living God, he's the living frequency inside it. The mancha Elohim Chaim, for the sake of the living God, because this whole world's alive. Even stuff that you think's inanimate is alive. It is animated by the Elohim Chaim. It's the living God who's living inside of all things. Anyway, then in the next paragraph, for the second bracha, we say again, Micha Moicha Avarachaman, who is like you, the merciful father, who remembers his, when it says remembers here, it's very important to realize that, because this day is also called Yom HaZikaron, and the word Yom HaZikaron means, it doesn't mean remembrance day, you know, like remembering fallen soldiers or something. This is called Yom HaZikaron because it's it's also um, the day where God. It's not that He remembers us; it's that He He uh, reviews us. It's Yom HaZikaron, meaning I mean He's going to re- He's going to review us all. And and che- he's, we're getting checked out now. We're in the X-ray machine. Now, the good news about being x-rayed on Rosh Hashanah is that he x-rays you. Um, hi, Shabti from New Jersey. And the reason why he x-rays you is because the... Um... Oh, the good thing about him x-raying you is, you know when they press, when the x-ray technicians leave the room and then they press the button to make the x-ray click? So that's, the, that's your snapshot. So you actually can give God your best angle. Meaning when God says, okay, smile, three, two, one, you're like, ah. and then he clicks it. So, so then, so that click is wherever you're at during these 10 days. So God, you never know where God's going to hit the snapshot, but he's going to take a snapper of your best angle. So you got from the beginning of Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur to be your holiest, to be your, at your best. And and that's that's like 
That's a nice thing to know. Now, it's kind of interesting because we just got through saying it's Remembrance Day, like Yom Zikaron. That means he's remembering my whole year. He's like checking me out for my year. No, we will be discussing that at some point uh, later in Musa, what's called Zikhrenus, where he reviews our year. Okay, he reviews the year. But where what he judges you for for the, for the coming year is he's judging you ultimately for how you are right here, right now, which is called in Hebrew, Ba'asher Husham. Ba'asher Husham is where you're at now. So you don't have to worry about, you know, sleeping in, you know, yesterday. You can actually just be there. And you don't have to worry about if you... I once had my alarm go off. I, I missed my alarm on Rosh Hashanah. Imagine my fright. I woke, I woke up at like... Because you're not supposed to sleep a lot on Rosh Hashanah. The first night, you're not supposed to sleep a lot. You're supposed to like, you know, get the sleep you need. But you don't oversleep. So... You know, so I set it up for seven hours. And uh, I slept till like 10 in the morning or 11 or something. Shul started at 7.30. I was like totally, oh my gosh. I was like, it was like a horror movie. But the Basher Husham is, uh, Shalom Evelyn, the Basher Husham that God, God takes a snapshot of you in your best on those days. So what I should have done is forgotten about the morning that I missed and just gotten in the shul and gotten my heart aligned and maybe he'll shoot the shot then. Um, there is something that's shared. A lot of people don't know this, that if you if you spontaneously combust during the 10 days, yeah, Rachel, if you just like fall apart crying during the 10 days and you just completely lose it and you're, you're like, you can't, you're, you're standing before God you're standing before God and you just totally lose it, like you just lose all composure and fall apart, that's when you get your snapper. That's when you get your snapshot. Now, but what's shared is something interesting. One is that that's when he snaps the photo of you, meaning in your ultimate connection and humbleness before God. But the other is that, no, you fell apart because now's the time. Now's the time and your soul knows it and your ego fell away, and you and you lost it. And so the reason you lost it is because it's time. This is the time. So anyway, but that's what we say here in the second paragraph is that God remembers. Um, he remembers or recalls his creatures. Um, mercifully for life. Which means God's not here to give you a hard time. He doesn't want to smack you upside the head. He wants you to live. He wants you to have a good life. He wants you to be happy. God's interested in, in your best. And um, he didn't create you here to swat you down. He created you here to to be connected. So, that, then we say the blessing, Baruch HaTashem, Mechayim of the second paragraph. And then we move into the long, extended, drop-down menu of Hakel HaKadosh. Now, um, I'm going to save Hakel HaKadosh for next time. Um, this will just be our brief intro to the Machsor of Rosh Hashanah. So it was cool hanging out with everybody. 
Um, if anyone has a question, feel free to ask. Otherwise, that will be, uh, we'll leave it at that intro. I'm looking at comments. I don't know if Alicia's still on. Alicia, you have any questions about Rosh Hashanah questions? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, uh, I'm still here, but I don't have any questions at the moment. Okay. And uh, any of my family members have questions about Rosh Hashanah? No? Good? Okay, everybody. Shalom, shalom. All the best. Be well. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.